Hi, it's Joe. Hi, friends. Aislinn here. And we want to welcome you to the second half of Season 3 of Dinner Table Talks. We are so glad that you are here at our table with us, and we are looking forward to all of the great talks that we're going to have. If you enjoy what you hear, tell a friend. Grab a drink and get your most comfortable chair. Pull it up to the table because we're about to get into it. did a crazy rain dance today <laughs> because i picked up things like it's gonna flood that's why it's raining because you have a I feeling want it, i want it to flood i want it, i want it to do it now because if it doesn't do it now then we're not going to get it at the right timing but we're probably still going to get it and i'm never going to curse it away but the problem is is it'll come right when the fruit is setting and the fruit blows up and you get all kinds of diseases that get passed around and i'm hearing you say Timing. I is need important. nature timed to me. That's you're right. You and are how right. Do you and that's compete? against everything that I teach. I was just gonna say, well, how do you, you roll with it? You roll with it, and you do the things that you can to be prepared and observe what occurs when that particular thing, and then you shift your ways each year. It's definitely challenging when the flooding comes right when things start to fruit well, which is where we are. We're transitioning from the flower to the seed. And for a lot of plants, there's a fruit in between there. So if it floods at the wrong time, what food are you worried about? Well, tomatoes split and sometimes they're still green, you know, if you don't get it at the right timing. So they're splitting open or basically bursting. Then if water stands, even if you have your plants in nice raised rows, if you've got a lot of fruit on the vine or onions in the ground or potatoes in the ground, water stands and then it just puts too much water into the time when you don't want those things to have a whole but lot But if of you water. got water right now, it would be perfect. Yeah, I just need it to like, uh, it's, it's well, we're running, but we're, we're running to the edge of it yeah. because things are fruiting. We're going to talk about what's fruiting because we ate some. Yeah. It is very fun cooking right now. Yeah. And I'm cooking for a meal this Friday. For the Dinner Table Talk Salon. Friday, May the 6th, here at the farm. What are you going to be serving us? I believe that if you show up, you find out. No, you have to tell I'm at some point. I'm not talking about that. People want to know. I'm making spinach balls, okay? You're making spinach balls for I, sure? Where are you going to get the spinach from? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. See, this is the reason why we need to talk about this stuff. You, haven't even, you the chef, haven't even discussed it with the farmer yet. We locked spinach balls. Yeah. Okay. I have to double check some seasonality with you. <laughs> the dinner is just around the corner, you guys. It's Friday, May 6th, and we are so looking forward to having you here. Perhaps something people hear about tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the delicious foods that we're going to figure out and make. Yeah. What are the last minute things I need to know about seasonality of the food? Well, I have the sugar snap peas. Mm -hmm. I still have some carrots. Okay. I've got a few green tomatoes. Stir fry. I've got leeks. I've got lots of onions. Soup. Some soup. So if people wanted a ticket, there's a couple left? Maybe. Because now we're just a couple days away. Okay. So I can't even guarantee you there are any. But you should check. I'm just saying. So like, double check. So the full report is coming soon. Yeah. That'll be a fun story to tell. Our Facebook friends... We're amazing with this chicken naming contest. Yeah, this one was fun. You guys liked this one. <laughs> okay, so let's do that on Facebook then. On our Facebook page, Dinner Table Talks, we're going to put the finalists. Yes, I love it. Here I they, like these names. These are fun. 
take a look at the beautiful picture of Aislinn with this chicken, black and white escape artist, <laughs> and name it either, choose your favorite, Pepper, Audrey Hinburn, Millie, and Dirty Martini. Because it's an olive egg or get it? You're rallying for a favorite name here. Oh, no, no, no I would never. You're impacting. No, 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 no. You're adding dramatic effects to it in order to get attention. I'm 100% objective. Because, I mean, Audrey Henburn, come on. Okay, so go to our Facebook page and pick your favorite one. This will be fun. I like this. Unanswered questions. Okay, so this is the quickest unanswered question ever. Here's a clip from last week. So it's called the Garden of Eden diet, mm-hmm. which you can imagine is going to be yep. largely plant-based. Yep. Yep. A yep. lot of them are lacto-ovo, avo. Yep. I don't know how to pronounce that word. And just as quick as the clip, the answer is ovo. This is boring. <laughs> it's not like, what was the one we were trying to pronounce last week? Cigarelli. Like, it's not like grippon, like back in the old days when we like had some good ones. A blue zone is a geographical area inside of which the population lives a considerably long, healthier, and happier life. I live in a blue zone, Aislinn's blue zone. So last week we talked about blue zones mm-hmm. and how there are five. Mm-hmm. Okinawa, Loma Linda, California, which we talked about at length last week, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, and Icaria in Greece. Okay. You wanted to know a little bit more about Sardinia. Right, right, right. Because I was interested in knowing anything about like how they handled the pandemic. Sardinia is the blue zone with the largest male population per capita. So the other places in the world, there's about five women over 100 to one. And Sardinia, it's one to one. Uh Uh-huh. And when we talked about Linda Loma last week, Mm -hmm. it was because that was a high concentration of Seventh-day Adventists. Uh Uh-huh. And their religious tenets include their diet. They're consistent. Mm -hmm. Their lifestyle, their inclusion of the elderly. Right. So when we're looking for trends, that's the trend, Mm -hmm. even if they're not following some kind of religious notion. So like Crete, two weeks ago, this is an island, Mm -hmm. which means that that ancient tradition there was very secluded and we had to raise our own food and share our own food and you're the shepherd and I'm the farmer and that went through generations and generations. Well, there's a lot more control when you're talking about an island too, though, if you think about it, like a circumference, you can control the amount of like on and off the island and things like that. So it's interesting to see that they're showing signs of it being islands as some of the blue zones, which makes sense to me because I always talk about having my own island of wellness. Unlike in the U.S. where elderly people would typically, not all the time, but live separately in retirement homes or adult residential areas. Sardinians don't dismiss their elders. If anything, they promote them as Mm. the most wizened, the Mm. ones that should be involved in this process or that process because they can give us the most information. I agree with that. Combine that with their heavy vegetable clean meat diet and the notion that the steep mountainous nature of their like landscape on this island and the shepherd's lifestyle that they live is a lot of walking. Yeah. There's not a lot of cars on the island. A lot of physical activity. A lot of nature, a lot of physical activity, regional foods. And then the final thing is Hmm. the thing that sets Sardinia apart is that their local wine. This is, I looked at several sites. Like this is a real thing. Their local wine, which is called Cananao. I'm not going to do an answer question about how to pronounce it correctly. (laughs) Is rich in antioxidants, more so though than normal wine. 
and they're drinking a glass a day for dinner kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's that combination that makes Sardinia the blue zone. Cool. Well, my question is, how did Sardinia, because of the increase in Italy during the COVID, how did Sardinia do based on that as a blue zone? But also, even more than that, it's across the board. I'm curious, really, how did the blue zones do during the COVID with an elderly population? Well, you asked about Sardinia. Yeah. And I will tell you that from the beginning of the pandemic. Uh Uh-huh. And how Italy had that jump start on America through March of 2021. Yeah. The way Italy did it was colored the country based upon infection, the mm-hmm. per capita rate. Sardinia was a white zone for that whole first part, uh-huh. while interior Italy was really having issues. Uh-huh. But Sardinia, because of A, the lockdown, and B, it being an island off an of island. the coast. Control. that could. Yeah. But in March of 2021, there was a big peak. Uh-huh. And from what I read, it was talking about that was a complete function of opening up the island after the initial lockdown part because of a requirement for tourism dollars. Hmm. Sardinia is a very large tourist country pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Then there was this higher rate of infection. Now, I could find no specific data about how the centenarians like, fared. Or like... Per capita, or what's the average, like, like what's something comparable to use to compare it statistically to this? Right. You know, it was whatever. making me go down the weird COVID yeah. rabbit yeah. hole that yeah. I didn't want to even yeah. I feel complete. You. I feel you on that one. And yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, there's still so much politics involved in that conversation, period. Mm. In some parts of the world, we're not even removed from it yet we've been removed from it for a bit but there's Feels like it yeah moving on what are we talking about now yeah i like to do the unanswered question research until it doesn't feel good anymore <laughs> right. and then i stop doing it that's how i that's how i do life i think i, I like to do research until it doesn't feel good anymore <laughs> i can back you up that that's exactly how you live life <laughs> it's nice Well, clearly I said earlier that we're getting into the fruiting season Mm. and we are in the early fruiting season, which is the seeds, peas, green beans, things like that are starting to set, but also the little yellow squash. And I like to take them when they're like really young and little with even like the little flowers on the end of them. I love it when you have those to cook with. We're trying to think of some simple things to make. And this time of year is when I start, (laughs) I think we could even look at it seasonally and the podcast and you would find that about this time of year, I start requesting a salt block to lick This is on. exactly how one year ago today got started, by <laughs> the know, way. I know. <laughs> this conversation happened. And then a few episodes ago, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's boring. <laughs> it I'm going to look boring. back. But I interrupted you. What were you going to look for a year ago? Well, the the salt block is the like I I, oh, yeah. I start to I start to sweat more. You it's know, hotter outside. Well, yeah, you just you sweat more. It's humid, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, I'm craving salt. But at the same time, I'm also looking for these like fresh, delicious ways to use all these fruits that are starting to come out of the garden. First things are these young squash, and then at the farmers market, we're seeing some cherry tomatoes. And we're having these sugar snap peas and the green beans. And there's lots of nice little soft Swiss, young Swiss chard that's still coming up that it tastes really delicious. And all these like good, delicious, salty greens. I bought two heads of broccoli at the farmer's market. So it's like there's a good range right now. Yeah, it's everything right now. The first thing I said was make something super simple. I want it to be like... 
with cheese and lemon and herb and these tiny little squash. It's really pretty easy to look things up on the internet now and find like any recipe you're looking for. Like no, you no, can no, type no. in the most random words ever. No, no, no. You sent me this recipe. It was the summer squash and corn pasta. Yeah, we can make this. It's got the right herbs, butter, you know, whatever. Super fresh and light, nice and salty. Let's use these tiny little fresh baby squash. Real fresh. It's called summer squash and corn pasta. And I told you I couldn't find any corn. And you said, yeah, no, let's leave that out. Yeah. So then it becomes summer squash pasta. It was great. I liked it. If the if the peas had been in by that day, I think you could have thrown some peas in there. What, what ends up happening is a few days later, we make the pasta primavera. So that's what ends up happening this week is that we're making all different kinds of Asian stir fries and fried rice and then pasta primavera and this other pasta recipe, which is really good. I think you should share it with everyone so that... We can give people easy ways to start using some of these fruits that are going to start coming off of their plants at home. If we were to review episodes from a year or two ago today, this is that sweet, sweet spot in South Texas right now. Yeah. Where the local stuff is making the kitchen a really fun place to be. It There's was, a little bit of everything it, right now. It was weird that you suggested two pasta dishes in a row. Right. But you were right in doing so, these two, because they are the same dish. Yeah. Cut up all of the seasonal vegetables that you have. Some delicious fresh herbs. Put them in <laughs> different bowls based upon when you're going to throw them into the wok or the big skillet. Mm -hmm. Because the broccoli takes longer than the snow peas. So what makes this recipe so great is it's customization. Yep. I could do the exact same recipe three months from now and have completely different things on my plate. Exactly. Yeah. And then you add pizzas into that. And now we're starting to get into your spring and summer foods when you have the most delicious fruits and corns and beans and everything. It's delicious. So that summer squash pasta, add corn if you got it, or the pasta primavera, while your noodles are cooking. And if they get done, go ahead and strain them, but keep a little bit of the pasta water, huh? Uh-huh. Put them back in the pot and wait for your vegetables to get done. Because while that pasta was boiling, you're dumping these vegetables into your hot skillet. And the only main difference then is the sauce that you're kind of preparing to put on them. And for that summer squash and corn pasta, it was a garlic butter sauce. So you're frying garlic in butter, keeping it always stirring a little bit lower temperature so that the garlic doesn't burn. Then you're adding more olive oil. And then here come your pasta and your vegetables. Mix, 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 mix. That's the entire sauce. Salt and pepper to taste. Big squirt of lemon on top. And you used some of my fresh hot pepper to put on top. It was really good. I liked it. Do you remember how we did the Zupa Toscana and I Googled the recipe? And they're all basically the same. Mm -hmm. Every single pasta primavera recipe is different. Every single one. Uh -huh. And I'm not talking about the vegetables that are in it. I'm talking about like the based sauce. Interesting. So I printed out two recipes and had them side by side and kind of improvised as I went. Interesting. But it really was chop up every single vegetable that we have. Help me fill in the blanks. There was broccoli from the farmer's market, your purple green beans. Mm -hmm. What are the snow pea things that are purple? Those are sugar snap peas. Those. Purple and green. Yeah. Cauliflower that I'd picked up at the farmer's market two weeks ago that was still great. Mm -hmm. I pulled out some onions from the garden for you. Those, what do you call the tops of the onions that I'm using Scapes. like a green onion? Scapes. That is fantastic. Yeah. Some of your carrots. And then some cherry tomatoes from another farmer's market vendor just cut in half. We, there was a lot of good stuff in there. Lots of fresh stuff. 
Then again, while your pasta is boiling, it's just putting all these vegetables into, I use the big cast iron wok. Mm -hmm. But this one's going to bring in some vegetable stock, heavy cream, a squirt of lemon juice, and a bunch of Parmesan cheese. Mm -hmm. That's what you add at the end. That Parmesan cheese melts into that sauce that you're making as you continue to stir your vegetables, throw your pasta in there. And that became the pasta primavera. They were both very good recipes. And they were and both good leftover, I thought. Yes, they were. And you can eat them cold, too. That's the thing I like about a good vegetarian pasta, or even if it has chicken in it or whatever, is that you can eat it like pasta salad and the Did I mention day. there was chicken in that one? Yeah, there was chicken in the Primavera, which you don't have to do it that way because no. Primavera is mostly made without protein. I was just thinking about you and the protein bump you're going to need at the end of the night. I do often, and we had eaten a lot of vegetarian. And yeah. the, other, the other one, the, the one you made earlier, that one was actually vegetarian vegetarian so it, it works out to have that from time to time at home it was really good so i was glad to have it but it was interesting to get two pasta bumps from you in one week yeah well i'm always trying to think of easy ways because you're busy and there's things going on and we have a lot to do and we now that we have daylight hours we're like doing things outside and yeah. we still got to cook dinner and we still got to record podcasts and you know, all of the Make things it easy. occur. We've got a ton of vegetables. There was even some Brussels sprouts in one of the things we ate this last week. I mean, we've eaten like every vegetable you can think of over just a few recipes. But he's got to do it quick, you know, and it's got to be tasty. And pasta happens, you know, and then pizza happens. And then other types of pasta happen. And then some kind of casserole happens. And that's the reason why we want you all to come out to our Dinner Table Talk salon and have dinner with us. Because we're about to serve this stuff up on Friday. I'm a little bit jealous because you did go see everything, everywhere, all at once for a second time. Yeah, I had a date, a girl date. A few weeks ago, I had called out that I'm looking for a new apprentice here on the farm right. during the summertime. Right. And I do have an intern coming and I have some other people that are going to come out and start working and helping me out with things. But my friend Tommy, who's been doing that for me this winter and who's just become one of my closest friends now, has gone back to Michigan. And so we had our last date day. And we made a plan to go and see everything, everywhere, all at once. A and couple of weeks ago, we talked about this movie and said we might talk about it again. Yeah. And so you've had your chance to see it. Yeah. Spoilers from here on out. Yeah. And I've seen it now twice. Interestingly enough, I sobbingly cried at a different point in the movie oh, yeah. this time than I did the first time. But Tommy had her moment with the, the one that I cried about in the first time. So I, I think see. when you see it, you Layers. have to like... Yeah, you have to see the things later on. And, and there was just some really good scenes that you, I just knew that Tommy would really appreciate. And she was really, really excited to get to see that on our way out of town. And we had such a fun day. We ate at Bellino's. She had this amazing eggplant parmesan that I'm going to totally get the next time I go over there. And I had delicious food too. And then we went on a plant identification walk with a large group of like homeschool moms and that was awesome. And then we went over and saw this movie and it's got me thinking again, some more about this concept of the insanity loop in the movie. They don't use the term insanity loop, but they describe it's a very important part of the whole movie, an insanity loop. And I, you know, banged you in the middle of the movie and it was like, that's what an insanity loop is. Yeah, I came in the other night and said, I don't want to be in this specific insanity loop with you any longer. Well, yeah, but that was... <laughs> but what did you see as an insanity loop when you saw the movie again? There is this 
bagel in the movie, and this bagel is supposed to show everything, everything everywhere all at once, right? But throughout the whole movie, they talk about basically the bullshit loop, and they call it bullshit, like this bullshit that we do, and we just, they go in circles, and then we keep doing the same thing, this bullshit. That's what I refer to as the insanity loop, and I don't know where I got the actual term to these two words put together to mean this thing, insanity loop. I don't really know where that came from, but I know it's in the ether and I know there's a lot of people that talk about it, but call it different things too. It's been a huge part of our ongoing conversations in our household with all the different things that are going on in our lives. So Here's an example of uh, an insanity loop. In fact, I feel like I could easily point out about five different insanity loops that I'm not currently in this present moment involved in, but that I could very easily pick up on. And sometimes being a part of the insanity loop is simply just continuing to tell the story about the thing that you probably just need to let go or whatever the story is we're going, we're, we're, we're creating here. And so sometimes just gossiping about something is keeping the insanity loop rolling. And so when I tell you this story right now, I'm involving myself oh, in the insanity you're loop. You're perpetuating the loop by even discussing it right now. Absolutely. But after this moment, you're going to let it go. Well, but the thing about it is, is that sometimes, sometimes, and I've said this before, there's no, there's really no other way to give some, some sort of a visual representation or witness to something, which is part of the problem because you're now witnessing the insanity loop to other people. And then other people go, yeah, I remember that one time when this thing, and now we're all prepared perpetuating lots of insanity loops. So what happened to me is I'm driving home from Corpus Christi. I personally have a lot of triggers as it relates to driving, anxiety, my own entering the matrix feeling about driving. I can vouch for you on this one. Most people know this about me now. If they don't, now you know. And I somehow did something wrong to the person driving in front of me enough to get called a whore. What? And to be called off, not that I was going to follow, I'm not an idiot, called off the highway, exit here with me now so I can kick your ass. Like that happened. I want you to follow me to the Walmart so that we can have a fist fight. That, please do this now, lady, while I scream. What did you possibly do to this person? I actually don't even know for sure. Like three lanes and she was a little bit in front of me and we were both in the same lane and I might have like. she took great offense to whatever action you did take. Well, and I I think I waved a little bit like, get along, because it wouldn't be surprising Uh that I would do that. Like, get along, you're in my way, come on, come on, you know, like whatever. How many yeah, fingers I, were out? Oh, no, no. I wasn't flipping anybody off. Okay. No, I wasn't being aggressive. I promise you. I was just kind of like, I was doing what I do. It's just like, nah, nah, go on. Meh. You know, like, right. But now I'm posting it on Facebook. And did you I'm, post it on Facebook? Of course I did. Cause oh. it's a funny story to tell. Okay. Like it doesn't really matter why you keep the insanity loop going. You're telling the story and you're getting your team together and all my teams on my team. And yeah, people are insane and exit the matrix. And this, yeah, we're all on team like insanity loop. Let's talk about like how bad drivers are. The you insanity know? loop that I referred to when I came in with to you and said, I don't want to be in an insanity loop with you any longer is our age-old one that you and I have enjoyed for a very long time where one of us sets the other one off over something completely inconsequential but it becomes much larger than it needs to be right and after that happened a couple of times you called it an insanity loop this is an insanity loop 
I don't want to be in this insanity loop. Yeah, but I'd already left the insanity loop. You had to make that decision for yourself. Oh, wasn't I noble in coming in and announcing it? No, you're noble in announcing it to the world. Like, I did it. That's right. I stopped this insanity loop. Allow me to tell you just how awesome I am. (laughs) No, it was just an example. Well, I'm often going to tell you how awesome I am. It was just an example of a different type that people, I think, can probably relate to. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's coming up in a lot of the conversations that that I'm having all of the time. Now, in the movie, the bagel is this force that you decide that you want to know everything and go through it's like a supernatural power that sucks you in if you choose to go there i don't understand how that relates to the insanity loop if nothing else that would be like we'll take the blue pill so that you can get to the point where you begin to understand that like everything everywhere happens all at once and so therefore none of it matters nothing matters right but the insanity loop is that you keep going back to the triggers over and over and over again, the same triggers. Like you're holding on to the old fights. You're holding on to the things that you know that are comfortable, but they're all the same old fights. You're doing the same things over and over and over is again. Is that a situation of participating in what you know to be quote unquote bad behavior or behavior that could be bettered because it's just a comfortable place to be? No, you no, don't I, no, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think the reason why it's called an insanity loop is because you don't really know it's happening until you really begin to understand that like, you've got to become aware of the fact that you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. If this is how it goes, we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, then I'm just going to give up because nothing matters. Oh, so it's going back nothing to, matters. it's going back to that classic definition of insanity of doing the same thing over and over but expecting different results right exactly that's the insanity loop gotcha that's exactly the insanity loop and that's what they were trying to describe on this movie the dad basically teaches that you don't have to keep going back to what you know just because this is the thing that you know or these are the parameters that you have set for you you don't have to keep going back to the same way over and over and over again you can so I say, I like to break boundaries. I like to break glass ceilings. I like to try new things because I don't do well when I get stuck in a loop. Or stuck in a box or stuck in a method or this is the only way we know how to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually one of those that like, like I'm, a, I'm a freedom fighter. If I'm going to be captured or maintained or captive or stuck in a box or stuck in a loop or like I'm see repeating patterns going on here. This is too loopy for, this is too uh, the same over and over and over again for me. And I think that there's a lot of comfort in that for some people. And the thing about it is, is it, is the loop you're in truly the loop that feels the most comfortable to you? Because in the movie, he even says like, I could just pay taxes and live a life with you. And run a laundry. Yeah, this loop would be just fine for me. You know, I can just do this. I'm okay with this, but as long as I'm with you. And so then, you know, there was the love element of it and all of that. But the fact is, is it's like you get to choose. And and she even said it with the daughter at the end. I'm not going to let you go, but I'm going to let you go. Because the fact is, is that you're going to go out there and you're going to learn from your own insanity loops. You're going to have to figure out your own way to break free of this old, these old patterns and these old codes. Let me tell you though, what I've learned is that everything happens everywhere all at once. And so that means that nothing matters. So therefore 
why wouldn't you do the things that you love? Why wouldn't you experience joy and happiness? And while we're all trying to figure out this whole insanity loop thing, let's be kind to each other while we're doing it. It's one of those movies where you walk (laughs) out of it and think either that was a great entertaining ride or, okay, I'm not going to immediately begin shifting multiverses the way that they did in that film. But I can certainly relate to the idea of being stuck in a monotonous loop of behavior that's not moving me forward in any way. Yeah, so what do you do about that? So what do you do about that if flipping multiverses is not your thing? An observation. You have to become aware of it. And you pull off the layers. And the layers start with just merely recognizing that you're feeling a pain related to something. And if you're not feeling a pain, then... Becoming observant to how is the world reacting to you and is the world get, is the world showing you a lot of things that you should be feeling pain for? And if that's the case, then you're kind of reflecting those things off of yourself. And then if you're feeling pain, then you, then you have to begin to become aware of it. And this is the thing that I think is a part of being someone that has a lot of sensory stuff. I even have said that I believe that I am a clairsentient and that I have PTSD and I am empathic and all of these, basically it's a, a, it's a sensitive person that says, I experience these pains from a very young age. And so I have become aware of the pain that my body feels. Then uh, the older I got, I began to understand that those pains were actually a sense of anxiety Then I start to become aware, a therapist, a counselor teaches you, you need to become aware of these, this anxiety that you feel so that you can begin to cope with it. Well, I got past then taking layers off and taking layers off, taking the layer of now I'm not just coping, I'm thriving. But in the midst of that, you're beginning to recognize first the pain so that you can become aware enough of it to realize, okay, I'm doing something related to this pain that I'm feeling. I'm staying in an argument with you because I'm afraid that if I stop arguing with you, that will make the situation even worse. That's a lot of times that's the pain that inside inside me says, if I stop, if I just go away from you, I won't be able to stop this pain inside of me. And so when I observe that and I begin to get better at learning how to let go and say, I'm not going to participate in the insanity loop anymore. I have a choice and I'm not going to choose to play that game right now. I can do something else, Mm -hmm. but you're not always in control. I'm not always in control. Even as many layers as I've pulled off, I'm always, I'm not always in control. And particularly for me, I notice that, and this is not an excuse and I will overcome it, but I will overcome it. But PMS, man, like I have no control anymore. And at that point it's like fudge. I can't get out of the insanity loop and and he will not because he can't get out of an insanity loop. And then you tell me, Hey, by the way, that thing that happened a couple of days ago between you and I, yeah, I was PMSing. Yeah, of I'm every single are. time. Arr. It's when I when I'm like the rest of the time I'm like I am not participating in his insanity loop. <laughs> but the other thing I is I, I can't ask you that question. That's a very offensive question to ask you. Mm, yes and no. 
I mean, I need one of those apps. I need one of those apps. You apparently. do need one of those I th- apps. But I'm, mm, we don't even want to, I don't know. Exactly. That's what I have to say about it. Sometimes he just sums it up. Exactly. That's my dude right there, man. So this concept of insanity loop is what I call in the ether, in the stream of consciousness. There's a lot of conversations about it. I think that you're going to probably People start calling to it hear, different things. Yeah. And, you know, words start becoming the catchphrase. Sometimes I go, okay, okay, let's use the catchphrase they're using. Let's make that word make sense in a way that we can, uh, yes, that's a word. We can use that. Let's go with it. Let's use that word. And then sometimes I'm like, seriously, why are we normalizing not being normal? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. So words become a thing and sanity loop is going to continue to be in the ether. I expect us to continue to talk about it Mm. because I got a couple I got to knock out. Oh gosh. I, you and I are the easy one for me to talk about a car one. That's an easy one for me to talk about, but I've got this other insanity loop going on and, and I'm not even sure how, like, it's when you don't know how to exit it because it's not as easy as exiting it with you, interestingly enough. But like, I can't act that way with the rest of the world when the insanity loop is happening with somebody out there that is like hiding from me and like still, and I'm still, listen, you hear me? It's an insanity loop. I'm doing it. So you're back in junior high in your insanity loop. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what? That's literally what I thought today when I was driving. And then also in some of these other insanity loops, I'm thinking we're having junior high fights. It's like the chickens. It's like bird brains. The insanity loop is like bird brains. It's when we get stuck in there. And I have more faith in us as humanity than that. I mean, I'm not saying that we aren't here to live a life of like friction and good and bad and all kinds of perception. I think that's what life is about. But can we do it with a little bit more grace? Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question we can deep dive into? Philosophical, you ask? (laughs) Would you rather live in the 1800s or the 3000s? 3000, like we're in 2020, so the 3000s would be like in the future. Right. A century from now or a century ago? Yeah, no, definitely the future. No interest in... Going back and no, mastering no, 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 a time no. that no 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 we we've evolved past that like what I know what about I, going back and interjecting some of these forward thinking ideas no, earlier no. than they mm-mm, were mm-mm, that's not how we roll no so you're going to the I, future no I'm never going back never I, I have the same answer the yeah. three thousand sound much more interesting than the eighteen hundreds yeah yeah I'm never going back like there's some cool shit that happened back there and okay here's the question for you I, I actually thought the hippies were cool yeah, you in know? the eighteen hundreds though those were I'm just making up backwards times that gotcha. I might like, like hippies. Flappers. 1976. Yeah, I would have been a good flapper. But here's the thing about history is that I believe I was all that. See, that's the life that I live, you guys. I live a life where I'm like, yeah, I did all that cool shit. So now what? Let's do more. Quick new question. You step onto a time machine knowing that when the door opens again, you're going to be in the 3000s, but you have no indication or clue of what you're going to see. What would you expect to see when the door opens? In 3000? Right. Uh, I actually don't expect there to be like... Floating cities, flying cars. No, I don't expect you to have like form, the same kind of visual form. I I expect it to be um, more more energetic. We don't have the same form. We feel form more than we see form. 
in 800 years. Oh God, yeah, totally. Me, for sure. That's what an insanity loop is. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. This is going to be one f***ed up, weird, strange episode. <laughs>